Good evening and welcome to episode 74 of the proudly unrebooted Podding Shed. Still in its original format, but with new, less than secret, secret ingredients. A dash more verve, a sousson of wit and a whole cup full of that same old charm. And also, I'd like to just say good evening to our listener, Lionel from Copenhagen. Um, his email on last night's Chelsea Fancast gave our podcast a mention and I thought one good turn deserves another. And it proves still that we have a listener. It's been about three weeks <laughs> since our last episode, which does make this sound like the beginning of a confessional. And who knows, as the conversation goes on, that may well end up what it becomes. During that time, it's been very quiet around Stamford Bridge, certainly from a media perspective, as the calmness of a Dutch coffee shop continues to sit like a cloud of bliss, or Moroccan black, purple haze, or sweet Mary Jane for that matter, over all that is Chelsea. Undefeated in the league since the arrival of the new master. Indeed, he could be called a Dutch master. Um, I do want to thank Chidge for that point. I did nick that one from last night. Or could he? There'll be some more discussion on Goose later on. Um, For 90 minutes on Saturday, we saw our imported Brazilian duck on the team menu. And tantalisingly, some of us thought we might make an appearance. But it was not to be. Patently, our duck is not quite prepared yet. So instead, we got what should be a very fine... Remy, which instead turned out to be the equivalent of some local hooch in a Remy package. Um, I've also witnessed an Arsenal goal within Stamford Bridge cheered to the absolute rafters in the North London derby as they equalised against the um, loathsome Spurs. Um, and it summed up what is really, for me, been totally one, might say, hash of a season. Um, and we've also seen a slow emerging appearance of the youth added to the team. As the Who would say... The kids are all right. Well, two out of three ain't bad, as Meatloaf might counter, argue. More discussion around the kids later. My name is Tony, also known as at Jack UK on Twitter, and with me tonight is the very charming Mark, also known as So Contrary. Good evening, Mark. Ne- never been called charming before. Good evening. <laughs> and the, uh, someone who's always welcome in the podding shed, of course, is um, Clayton, also known as Goldie59. Good evening, Clayton. Good evening, thank you for the welcome. And last, but of course not least, is Donal, also known as at, under, oh, at Dr. Underscore Blue Bio on Twitter. Um, and it's always a pleasure, as ever, Donal. Uh, thank you, Tony. <laughs> Possibly for the last time. <laughs> <laughs> and for the, if we do have a, have a new listener, we will say that is the Dutch national anthem. And it's a, um, just a little foible of the podding shed that we want to keep playing that whilst we remain unbeaten. And of course, in the Champions League, we are still unbeaten as it's only half time. Um, we've got a few <coughs> things to discuss tonight. And I'd like to just kick off just really by going over the, um, the last three games that we've had in the Premiership uh, since we were last on, which, um, to my mind, were a very good win against Southampton, um, possibly slightly unexpected. Um, 
a, a close win versus Norwich, um, a team I thought that would be so dire as we, we might actually give them a bit of a hiding. Turned out to be a little bit tighter than that. And what, for my mind, was a slightly disappointing draw versus Stoke. So, um, opinions, please. I'll start. I'll kick off with Mark, as usual, I think. I like, I like to lead in with Mark and his view. Thank you, Tony. Actually, I must congratulate you on your introduction. It was um, beautifully, well, obviously well rehearsed. Stutter-free. Why couldn't you play like that at the beginning of the season? <laughs> <laughs> it's confidence. What's going on? What's going on that stopped you performing? Yeah, I think it was. Mm. I think I had it, my, my confidence had been shattered by by our friend Johnny Dyer. Not really, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, Southampton was a good win. I mean, um, I suppose if we'd looked at three games in advance, away to Southampton, we were probably taking a point. Away to Norwich, we'd probably expect to win. Stoke aren't that bad this season. We'd have been happy with one or three points. So seven points out of the nine. It's probably quite reasonable. Uh, Southampton, I went to that game, and um, up until we scored, which was a bit of a lucky goal, Fabregas, because the goalie just got confused, mm. we were pretty hopeless. We just couldn't pass a single ball. The minute we scored, we were fantastic. We were all over them. We could pass, we could run, we chased in packs, we got another goal. We were terrific. Um, so it was a bit of a strange event. Um, but overall, I was pleased. Uh, am I meant to be just talking about Southampton or all three? Oh, it's, it's up to you. I'm mean, quite happy for you to just go in all three, really, and we'll just freeform it Wait, from no. there. No. Actually, I stayed in um, down near Southampton in the New Forest, which I, I told you about, mm. to make a weekend of it. The, the, the hotel was a bit average, actually, so I did write a review on TripAdvisor, which I do sometimes. And I won't bore you with the details of the review because that's you know, interested in that. But at the end, I did say um, we stayed at your hotel to make it a weekend away after watching Chelsea play at Southampton. For next season, the options are A, travel straight home after the game, B, find an alternate hotel, or C, hope Southampton get relegated. <laughs> and, and sometimes you do get responses from the management of hotels. And I was delighted with this response. Anyway, normal... Um, Stuff they copy and paste, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, with a final paragraph of, I'm pleased to advise you, we are in the process of refurbishing our bedrooms and public areas over the coming year. They say that in all hotels. Yeah. Given your positive comments towards our excellent staff, we do hope you might return, especially as until recently, it was more likely that Chelsea would be relegated than Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and really... Fine. I would never stay there again until he said that, and now I've got respect for the manager. To come with that. I thought that's quite pretty. That is actually that's a very good, very very good comeback. It was did. good. Yeah. Anyway, that was that was Saturday. Got back Sunday, and then Tuesday we drove up to Norfolk, Norwich. That's a yeah. long way, North Norwich. Yeah. Um, so I hadn't been to um, Norwich City since 1972, when we were playing in a League Cup match. And we were losing 2 0. Not, not the one that was abandoned in the first That's fog. the one. Yeah, were you there? Bloody hell. No, I wasn't. I was a little bit too young. But, God, there. Yeah. Anyway, God, the, ground, it, the ground is on the edge of the river. And it was, I don't know what round of the League Cup, League Cup it was. But anyway, it was a cold it was a, it was a semi final. Was it? It was a semi final because it was replayed. And we still lost. We still lost. That was the depressing part. It was, it was the year that Spurs beat uh, Norwich in the final. Oh, there you go. How sad uh, anyway, we were sitting there. It was a lovely, clear evening. We were 2-0 down. The 79th minute, all of a sudden, this steamy stuff started rolling in over the roof of the stand and dropped down 
And within five minutes, you couldn't see ten foot. And they had to abandon the game. <laughs> so I, had, I was a bit nervous about going to Norwich again. It was a quite a cold night. Um, <coughs> anyway, the first half, I thought we played um, quite well. Um, Costa might have been offside for his goal, but he took it very nicely. Courtois managed to upset the home fans who didn't... Uh, they didn't really show on TV, I don't think. But he, um, there was a pass back to him, and it hit the forward's leg, and he caught it. But all of the Norwich crowd were absolutely adamant that it was a direct pass back, and they spent the rest of the game booing the referee um, and, and generally bad-mouthing yeah. the situation. Mm. Um, so that was entertaining. He did itself. tweet later on. Um, course, I, did, I know. He did put a tweet yeah. out saying it definitely touched the other one. Yeah, yeah. And then moving finally on to Stoke, when we've eventually got back from uh, Norfolk, um, I was a bit surprised by the team, because he did say he was going to play Costa, um, so that was a bit of a bluff. But, you know, Stoke are playing quite well this season. Overall, are we unhappy? Well, we'll decide that next week, if we don't beat PSG. Indeed. Hmm. Clayton, your thoughts? A couple of things. Um... I take issue with what Mark said about Southampton because I I think in the first half you're quite right we were rubbish. Um, second half I thought we were quite decent even before we scored. I mean if you think Costa missed an open goal and we were doing a few bits and pieces and I don't think Southampton really troubled us in the second half. But um, anyway I just thought I'd throw that in there. And I thought it was quite interesting. I thought we played two brilliant 45 minutes the second half at Southampton and the first half at Norwich. Um, the second half in Norwich, we were awful. We were absolutely awful. I mean, fair play to Norwich. They came at us and they, they gave us a go. But I just thought we were hopeless. Um, our defence looked just awful. Um, but at the end of the day, we won. And we got two back-to-back wins, which at the beginning of the season we wouldn't have got. So, you know, vast improvement as far as that's concerned. Um and I just thought Saturday was dull. I think yeah. it was very frustrating. I thought the first half was like a pre-season friendly. Um, you know, to be fair, both teams haven't really got anything to play for. Um, we sort of all got ahead of ourselves after we beat Norwich and all the teams managed to rawly screw up on Wednesday night. And we thought, oh, fourth place, a uh, mm. bit of a sniff, which never really there. Um but I know we'll come on to talk about um, different performances and what have you. But if, um, as Mark said, you know, if somebody would have said at the beginning of those three games, you would have got seven out of nine points, which would have meant a draw at Southampton, which is a pretty tough place to go, you would have taken it. So um, the way the season's going, I suppose you, you sort of have to say, well, that, that was, you know, that's a, a fairly decent return. Indeed. Um, Donald, your, your thoughts? I, I just before before you, I mean, I've I kind of agree uh, with that. What I saw of the Southampton game, you know, I did think we were I, that was you know two of the better halves I've seen. Um, the Norwich I watched on a feed, and second half was basically through fingers. And the Stoke game, I've got a couple of points I want to make on that. But Donal, um, interested in your thoughts on those three games. <coughs> on the point of seven out of nine, which is not not something I'd actually thought of. I'd been looking at each game individually, really, since since Jose's period, really, just going on a game-by-game basis. So um, when you say it like that, it does sound good. Donal? A um, couple of things. One, I'd like to apologise for being on a, um, a Chelsea podcast. I, I dived into the fridge just before I sat down and uh, grabbed a bottle of 
sort of real ale type stuff from a selection box. It's only now that I'm sitting here, uh, bearing in mind uh, Tony talking about the uh, North London Derby, I, I'm, I'm actually drinking something Jennings Cocker Hoop oh, Golden Pale Ale. It's a lovely so, drink. <laughs> I can only but apologise for <laughs> multifarious Tottenham associations, <laughs> both in the Jennings and the Cockahoo. <laughs> but moving swiftly on, um, I thought uh, a couple of small facticals that you ought to be aware of. We're talking about seven out of nine points. Of course, in the league, we're actually, uh, we're talking 10 out of 12, really, because we um, <clears throat> we did three wins back-to-back, didn't we? We had Newcastle, Southampton and Norwich. Three wins back-to-back, not just two. I'd like to point out, if you don't mind. Um, and the other thing, Mark mentioned that we'd know we'd, the Stoke result would mean something next week, but we're playing PSG tomorrow night, aren't we? Have I, I missed something? Um, yes, I meant really when we next podcast. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see. You were talking about us as a podcasting group yes. as opposed to the, the Chelsea massive. Yes. <laughs> I see. Okay. <clears throat> um, yes, I, uh, my thoughts. Well, I've I only saw the second half of the Southampton game, but I would agree we looked uh, we looked pretty decent there. Um, and most times I watch us these days, you know, we, we seem we seem decent. Um, obviously, the second half against Norwich. Yeah, I, that that was a sort of I think trying to sit it out and you know expend as little energy as possible, and then finding that we couldn't change the pace back up again. I mean, to see someone like and and you know I'm not decrying him; he's a professional footballer. But to see someone like Redmond running amok, you know, when most teams managed to deal with him week in week out, was a little concerning. Um, perhaps Kennedy. Kennedy is not a, a defensive fullback, shall we say, um, because he seemed to be struggling mightily uh, defensively. But again, you know, we, we got the points. Um, Stoke, I didn't see. Uh, I understand it was fairly turgid. Bit disappointing having gone one nil up, not to uh, not to hold on to that really. Mm. But um, have, have we drawn every game with Stoke now? No, we lost to them, didn't we? We lost. We did, yeah. we did lost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I actually played we very drew, well we, up we there, didn't we? We drew with them in the League Cup, didn't we? Yeah. Happily. Well, one other observation, uh, being the sort of bitter and twisted hate-filled individual that I am, um, Mark Clattenberg, I believe last time we had a podcast, or maybe it was the time before, I was fulminating about um, the way Lucas Watsit got away with several yellow cards and none against us when Liverpool were in town. <clears throat> the Oscar, I, I saw on Twitter this, you know, that, that we should have had a penalty and other people saying, oh, Oscar just stuck his arse out. When, when I saw it on Match of the Day, I, I seriously don't understand how uh, a referee seeing that doesn't give a penalty. It, the man was, a, he, he, you know, whether Oscar just stood there and took... Can, I, co- can I just interrupt you for one second? Please do. Um... Where that penalty was is sort of just directly underneath where we sit, and it was without doubt a penalty. Yeah. It was, it was you know, without blue tented spe- specs on. 
Mm. It was a penalty. But the most ridiculous thing, I mean, I hate Plattenberg because I actually think he's just, uh, he's appalling. I think he's very sort of, he's directed by what he thinks before he's actually gone onto the pitch. But with all due respect to him, his linesman, that was right in front of him. It was. There was three occasions in that second half where things happened in front of that linesman and the linesman did nothing and there was a very funny, if not sad, episode. The ball went out for our throw-on. The linesman looked at Plattenberg and Plattenberg like, had his hand down by his side and sort of indicated like people wouldn't see that it was a Chelsea throw. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. as much as I... But that, that, what that tells me, Clayton, is uh, as has happened and been revealed over time, is some referees say to their assistants, I'll referee to go, you just give me an offside if yeah, I ask yeah. for it. That's all I want. Yeah. So that that's guy, right. Right. Yeah. He, he might have been itching to throw the flag up and say, that's a pen. But Clattenburg obviously tells them, don't flag anything I, well, other I, than an offside. I, I don't know. And, Clattenburg didn't even, he didn't even consult him uh, and, and that was what just slightly surprised away. me. Just away. And, and yeah. at the time, I mean, we were, and I sit fairly close to Clayton, and our end of, uh, you know, the, of, of the bridge, that it was, you know, everybody was up shouting penalty at that one. Um, yeah. And there was certainly at least one throw-in that was ours that was given Stokes' way, yeah. um, where, where the, um, I can't remember who it was now, who had actually let the ball run out, thinking he'd yeah. get the throw, and he'd find it had gone the other way. Um, to see it fall on deaf ears. Um, I've, I've always taken the view that um, if you're two or three goals up, who cares what the referee does or says or whatever. Um, and you know, prior to that, I didn't think we'd looked like getting um, a second goal. We didn't really give Butland much to do after Traore had thumped that ball past yeah. him. I didn't think. Um, what, what concerned me more about the Stoke game was, as, as Clayton said, it was it was pretty turgid fair. I mean, I've watched the North London derby before that, and you know, and, and, and that had got everybody, it was an exciting game of football, as much as I don't want to admit that, it was a very exciting game of football, um, well, until BT done their uh, two-minute blackout bit at the end. Um, um, BT, uh, as someone said, does that stand for broken transmission? Um, but who did that once before? ITV, ITV went to the ads it? once, didn't they? Famously. They went to an advert break bef- be- be- um, when Liverpool played Everton. And in the cup, and, Ever- and Everton scored during the uh, during the <laughs> effort break. They did, but that was only a repeat, Classic. a repeat of what they did yeah. in one uh, the, not the, the last World Cup, the World Cup before when England were playing the US, I think. Correct. And yeah. it went to a break for all the ITV digital viewers, including me and a house full of friends. Yeah, who <laughs> spent the next ten minutes berating me for sitting on the remote control, which I had nowhere near. Um, you know, only for it to come back and find England had scored. You know, I mean, it was just, and, and, and that was such a turgid World Cup campaign that we pretty much missed the moment of England's World Cup campaign. You know, um, yeah. but I, I, I sort of, we sort of digress. My, my view was is that what worried me um, was that it's certainly in the second half. Um, we looked, it, it was very reminiscent of the last days of the reign of Jose, of that kind mm-hmm. of sitting deep, sitting off people, letting them play in front of us uh, and trying to just absorb it. And, and Stoke had a couple of, or three dangerous players on the pitch. They had Juf, who I thought Matic was handling quite well, 
albeit rather clumsily, but it was at least preventing him making any sort of surging runs. But Shakiri and Arnautovic destroyed Azpilicueta time after time, just went past him. And at the end, actually went through him and another, I don't know who the other back was he went through, but he went through two of our defence, pushed the ball across to Bojan. Had he had his shooting boots on, we'd have lost that game. Because mm. he had a clear shot on goal that Courtois managed to get down to with literally a minute or so to go. So I was, you know, for me, it was, I mean, for those of you who remember the, the, the home game we had against QPR some years ago when um, the fat Spanish waiter was in charge. And there was a sense of inevitability as that game went on and on that we would get mugged for a goal. And it felt to me like that happened on Saturday. I, I, I don't think many people, certainly where I was sitting, were particularly surprised when Stoke got that equaliser, albeit in you know, slightly um, Calamity James-style goalkeeping from Courtois, perhaps. But um, it was, for me, disappointing. And, and I guess the point I was going to make, really, was I think the substitutions were all wrong. Uh, mm. They were unnecessary. Um, I can understand him perhaps saving Hazard for um, for tomorrow, um, but I, I certainly didn't think Traore needed to come off. He was having a whale of a time. He's a little bit lightweight, but he's fast and he plays with a smile on his face. And Matic, like I said, albeit somewhat clumsily looking, did seem to be doing a job on Juve, um, who ultimately scored their goal. Um, mm. So, you know, and I was, the question mark was... We sort of did a similar substitution routine against Norwich, and it seemed to drop off, as if yeah. as if we'd lost any momentum that we had with that. Um, comments, chaps, Mark, you probably disagree with me there, but I'm interested in your comments or your view or my view that that was very reminiscent of the Jose sit back and let them come at us. No, I don't really agree with that. I mean, um, if we just have a quiet 15 minutes, we can't keep saying, oh, they reverted to Jose mode. Um, I mean, I blame the goal on William. Um, yeah, who, absolutely. Who has, has been brilliant this season. Um, but actually, the last couple of games has been a bit off. I mean, some of his passing is all over the place. And he had the ball. He was taking us forward. He tried to take on two men. And he lost it near the halfway line. And there was no one behind him. Mm. And um, I knew the minute he lost that ball, it was going to end up in the goal. Mm. And they just strode forward. Courtois was, looked a little bit flaky. Um, could have done better. But it was William's fault. He just gave the ball away. If he hadn't done that, we'd have won 1-0. And mm, yes. we wouldn't be talking about we've reverted to Jose mode or we were a bit disappointed. We'd have I been saying it, how pleased we were to yeah. beat an informed Stoke. It didn't feel like a 15-minute period. It felt like the whole of the second half. We'd sat back and sitting deeper and deeper. And I, I guess, um, for, for me, there was one standout moment, which was um, we did get a break um, uh, with Remy, William, um, and I, th- I think it might have been... Um, uh, it might have been Fabric... Uh, Remy... It was three players that went storming forward. In fact, it might have been Azpilicueta. And by the time we reached the edge of the Stoke box... All eight other Chelsea players were still in our half at the other end of the pitch. And I just sat there thinking, it was three against three. um, And you'd expect some other players to be running up to give support. And it just didn't happen. Uh, And I was jumping up and down, calling them lazy bastards and all this. But it just seemed like a a gentle jog up to the halfway line. When we were on a break, we were actually looking like it was the furthest forward I'd seen Remy all afternoon. Or in in the short period of time he was on, for sure. Um, so I guess it is different perspectives. 
Um, but you know, I was just intrigued. intrigued. I, I didn't. Do you, think... do you think there's a, an issue with? Uh, I mean, I know they weren't great second half against Norwich, but do you think the team has an issue with? playing at home, do you think they're feeling the pressure of the crowd more, you know, given what well, happened earlier in the season? There's no argument. Because, because we're certainly winning away from home, it seems yeah. to be at home, where they're not losing, but they're drawing, and uh, I wonder if they if they feel the pressure a bit, and, you know, that maybe makes them I slightly less... Yeah, it's, it's one win know. in seven at home for, for Goose, mm. I think. Um, I'd be surprised, though, because it's not toxic at home. I mean, there's no singing of Jose Mourinho anymore. No, mm. there's no booing. I mean, it's not like we're on their backs. So I'd be surprised. No, it's not even that people are on their backs. It's more that they anticipate. You know, maybe I'm not accusing the crowd of being on their backs. I'm saying maybe they they just feel the pressure at home more than they do away. You know, it's just a place that was a fortress and where they always performed well. They're now struggling to do so, <clears throat> whereas away from home they feel a bit freer. I don't know. It's just that. Just a theory. I th- I uh, just, can I? Yeah, of course you can. Please do. No, can. I was just going to say on on Saturday, <clears throat> I was sort of despairing of the substitutions, and I I, I think <clears throat> what you say is I think the substitutions worked against us. However, I would that th- th- there's two things. Hazard came off because I don't know if you noticed, but Hazard felt the top of his leg after about ten minutes in the second half. Ah, right, no, Hazard was feeling the top of his left leg. Now. I think that's why he came off. Triori came off because he was, excuse the expression, he was blowing out of his backside. Yeah. <laughs> he, you know, after 70 minutes, he'd given everything. The fact is that Remy came on, and Remy should have been a like-for-like. Like. That that shouldn't have, have changed the, the team. Um, obviously, Loftus-Cheek coming on for Hazard is, is different, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But the simple fact of the matter is, I've, I've sort of, the only other option that he had when, when Hazard was coming on was to put Pato on. Because, you know, at least it would have been something different. It might have been a like-for-like like in terms of what they offer the team. But I do actually... And I actually did despair when he then brought on Fabregas towards the end. Because the team was just getting slower and slower and slower. I agree. I thought Matic had a decent game. But I think he's sort of slightly hamstrung by what he's got on the bench, which is not a lot. Um, so from my perspective, yes, the substitutions did probably prevent us winning the game, but I, you know, it's hard to know what else he could have done apart from perhaps kept uh, Matic on instead of bringing Fabregas on. It was a very strange thing. And and, and like Mark said, I haven't watched the goal back because I can't, I mean, the game is dull enough watching it live. I didn't really want to watch the highlights apart. And I saw Traore's goal on, um, on on YouTube, so that that was enough. That's all I needed to see. But you know, the bottom line is, Courtois getting a lot of stick. You know, Courtois didn't lose the ball on the halfway line, and Courtois wasn't the one that waved the forward through without putting a tackle on. Yeah, you know, the guy the guy was exposed. Whether he could have done better than than he did with the cross when it came over, I don't know because I'm not seeing the angle. So there was a, there you was know, a Stoke player behind. Had he not made, the, had he not come out or tried yeah. to come away, there was a Stoke player, and I think it may well have been Arnautovic ready for a tapping. Yeah, so you know, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Indeed, Mark, are we back or are we on hold? Was it? Did you think we had perhaps an eye on PSG and um, 
Uh, and when, when you mean back, when you say back, what do you mean back? Are we are we back to our best, or are we? You know, is, is, I guess my question is: is is Goose got us on hold? You know, sort of just damage limitation. Okay, or is well, he masterminding you, um, our route to a leap year double as in 2012? Well, I don't know about that, um, but in one way I would say we are back, because I haven't worked out the numbers, but if you extrapolated um, Gus's games, I don't know how many it is, say 14, so if, if you multiplied 38 over 14 times the number of points out of those 14, I think we'd end up in the top four. Yeah, we, we've, we've done since Gus has been some here. Of, some have put something up on Twitter like that. I mean, you've, yeah. you've, you only had to take another two wins out of the six draws or whatever we've had at home, and you're level, if not a point in front of Liverpool, I think, in seventh. So, so you, you know, it, at the beginning of the season, you could say that based on the um, number of new players we signed during the summer, we we hadn't done enough to regain the league. But with the quality of our squad, we were definitely good enough to be top four. Yeah. Which was always one of my arguments against Jose. People would say, um, you know, because we hadn't bought in Pogba and Stones, it's not unreasonable that we dropped down to 17th. You know, that was always ridiculous. We were always good enough to be fourth. So I think the squad is a fourth, top four squad. And with the points he is accumulating, we are playing like a top four squad. So on that basis, I would say... He's doing what you would expect of a normal manager, given the quality that he's got. So we are we are back to what we should be. Okay, That's, and, and that was yeah, it was just a question that I, I sort of had in there. Um, it's interesting. I did I did wonder why people got so, um, you know, an awful lot of people seem to think that fourth place was was doable coming off the the back of those three back to back wins. But so did, so did I. I. I even cashed in my Leicester bet to put money on the Chelsea bet. Well, seventy-five thousand quid that was. Really? God, jeez. <laughs> oh dear. See, if, if you'd only spoken to me, Mark, I, I could have count. I could have counselled you. Well, um, hold on. You know, people would say eight people close eight to ten point gaps in football, and there are enough games left to do that, which is true. If you're chasing one team to try and close a gap. You know, you win some, you draw some, you lose the other one, etc., etc., and they they might tank. But you're act- what we actually needed to happen was like four or five, maybe even six teams, all to tank at once quite badly for the next seven or eight games in order to get us up there. And and to me, that was totally unrealistic. You know, if 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 City or Liverpool or West Ham or someone lose a couple of games, given their form over the season they're likely to recover again. And no one seemed to, to, you know, everyone seemed to discount the whole thing, i.e. all these teams were all going to start losing more than they were winning for the rest of the season. A couple of them might, but not all of them will. And, you know, third talk of third or fourth place was always, well, fourth place, really, to me was always, you know, being far too optimistic for, 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 you know, for, Fourth place disappeared somewhere around Christmas and was never coming back. And, you know, I think if, if we settle, as Mark says, settle down and, and look at the team just as a team playing football games, yes, they're treading water to some extent till the end of the season, maybe trying to avoid the Europa League, who knows. Um, but certainly, yes, if, if you think with Stoke and maybe with Norwich, they're saving themselves a bit 
for, for the cup game against Everton and for PSG. That's to me entirely understandable. I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think this push for fourth place was ever realistic. And can someone remind me of that when we get fourth place at the end of the season? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I've got it written down now. I, I, I haven't you. really. Um, but so I, you I thought you weren't taking any minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, uh, uh, there's an action against me, is there, to eat my EF to eat his hat? Indeed. Yes. Um, Clayton, what about you? Do you think mm. play for fourth place was, was ever on? Really, considering no. you know, if we just go back to the point where Joe say departed and, and Goose took over, you know. No, I, I mean, I agree with what the lads have said. I think that the frustration with Saturday was that we'd raised expectations and we'd gone on this three-run winning streak and we, as I said, that the, the Wednesday night <clears throat> with everybody screwing up and sort of dropping points and it was like, oh, you know, th- this is doable when... In reality, it was never doable, but it just looked like it was something that that we could achieve. I think the thing is that we've got players who are now playing a lot better than they were at the beginning of the season, whether, you know, I'm not going to drag up the old history again, whether they down tools or whether they run fit or whether some of them are injured, irrespective of any of that. Um, The simple fact of the matter is they weren't as bad as... um, they were playing and they certainly weren't as good as um, they were last year for parts of last year. Um, you sort of, I don't know, I'll just go on to the, the thing about um, about last season's, uh, whether people are coming back to their best and you, you mentioned several people. So can I, shall I pick that up? And, uh, cause yeah, I please actually do. Had please quite do. a lot of fun. So, you said I'll be close to seeing last season's Hazard. So Hazard, I think I'll, I'll give 60 to 70% of where he was. Sesk, yep. I'll give 100% because he disappeared at Christmas and didn't come back till this Christmas. So I actually think um, he's actually playing as, as well as he has done for us. Uh, Matic, I, I think he's at 50%. I, I feel very sorry for him. I thought he, he had a decent outing on, um, on Saturday, but he's nowhere. Branner. Um, Branner is and, and I don't think should now ever again be considered to be a right back because he's got no he's got no pace but what he is is a very very good centre half I think he's a decent centre half yeah. um, the one person I thought you missed off of there was Courtois who I think has been a shadow of what he was last year um, but again I think you know he's been injured and I think there's a lot of factors behind that um, so yeah I think some players are getting back well. to what they were. Uh, yeah, I mean, you Cost, throw, throw the players in there. Very yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. the Costa turnaround of Costa's form well. has been nothing short of amazing, really. I mean, any other player that had been knocking in goals at his rate would be, you know, um, all over the back pages for the right reasons. He does it, barely gets a mention as far as I can see, until he does something slightly wrong, and then he is all over Correct. the back pages. So. Correct. Yeah, but but the thing is with Costa is whether he'd fallen out with Jose, um, which I think was probably the case. But you know that that's that's by the by. But when we bought him, he was he uh, was carrying some weight though as well, Clayton. Wasn't he? You look at he him was now. carrying weight. Yeah, but they, they you look at him now. He sort of yeah. he looks fit. They he were, looks yeah. He looks interested, mm. but he's a streak player. It happened in Spain that he'd go half a dozen games without scoring. 
or more, and then he score in clusters. So I think that's part of his game. But yeah, no, I, I think he was disinterested at the beginning of the season. He probably didn't want to be here. But anyway, no, it's, he's definitely back to where he was. Definitely. Talking Mark. about players improving, you, you yes. mentioned Hazard. Hazard is back. I, I don't know if you saw the clip on Twitter of him scoring a goal down at Cobham from behind the goal. Uh, no, I didn't. It, no. Give me. That sounds. It's like, sounds it's like, like a, a it's a snooker type shot, and um, he put enough spin on it. He was about twenty yards behind the goal line. Yeah, and <laughs> out towards the corner flag, and he kicked it in front of the goal, and it had enough spin on it that it just crept round and went over the line into the net. Do you know Which why he imp- did that? No, but it was impressive. But what I'd quite like him to do is work on scoring from in front of the goal. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a criticism of Hazard um, this season is that Just last what? season he made a very big point of that. You know, he 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 likes to assist. He's not an out-and-out goal scorer. Uh, um, not, you know, I, I I agree. He's not. Um, but he should be scoring some goals. And he was guilty of a little bit on on Saturday, certainly against Stoke, where there were opportunities, I think, for him to not look up and find somebody, but to have a little dig and test the keeper. Um, so, if anything, my criticism of him at the moment is he's been... It's almost like he's trying to prove himself uh, too much as a team player. Yeah. Rather than... But he's actually, running well. He's running with the ball well. Yes. Back, oh, yeah. I think he's back to his running best, anyway. Yeah. Mm. And, I mean, you know, I, I, I was told by somebody who claims to have inside information that, you know, after the incident where he came off the pitch and then went back on for 10 seconds and then came back, was that for three or four days after that, he could barely walk. And they were really worried that he'd, he'd, he'd taken a bang on the hip, which was similar to um, one of the Crystal Palace players who was out for like three months. I don't know if it was Balassi or someone who'd had a very similar injury. Um, that had got worse, you know, the, as the bruising sort of transpired or whatever. Um, but, you know, again, it, we could look at all of these players. And I'd be interested, to, I was actually going to say to you, Mark, uh, your views on or, or any of these players um, looking like they're back at their best. You know, Matic has taken an awful lot of stick. Um, I'm not keen on the Matic-Mikel combo. I think that probably will start tomorrow night. Um, but I'm... Very keen on Mikel on his own or Matic on his own, but I think Mikel has stolen a bit of a march this season. That's all. I think he's been, um, you know, much better than than, than Matic overall in his performances. Um, I mean, I think um, Hazard is back pretty much to his best, apart from the fact he's not scoring. Uh, Costa, I would say, we're now seeing him better than we've ever seen him. I mean, his effort and his runs are fantastic. Um, Fabregas is back to his best in that he, he actually passes to a Chelsea player, which he stopped doing for 12 months. <laughs> Matic has just disappeared. I mean, his, um, his, his confidence is completely yeah. shot. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you mentioned Mikel. I mean, Mikel is at his absolute peak now. I mean, we've never seen Mikel this good. And uh, I know part of it is tongue-in-cheek, but it, when I went down to Crystal Palace, I think it was um, Mikel's first game. And I can't remember what he did, but I think he made a good challenge and a couple of good passes. And for about 15 minutes after that, the crowd was singing his name with a variety of different songs. And I don't ever remember the, our fans singing Mikel's name. Mm. And ever is since it- that game now, I think it is a bit of Mickey taking, but they do like singing Mikel's songs. Yeah. And I, I think it's great for him. It's sort of, he's in the twilight almost of his career. I can't remember how old he is, but he's getting, well, he's in the autumn, if not the winter. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, it's great that, you know, at least he's getting a bit of a cheer from the crowd. And his play has improved. He's, look, he's a lot more forward-looking. 
and he's passing the ball a lot quicker than he used to. Yeah, mm. yeah. He's interesting. Which is how I, he's I, always played for Nigeria. Yes. Any time I've seen him play for Nigeria, he's he's been a far more progressive player in that team than he's been at Chelsea. Well, we're not. Um, we've never been particularly popular as a as a club with the Nigerian international fans because they they often they viewed Chelsea as ruining Mikel from what he was, you know, turning him into this you know plodding defensive midfielder. Apparently, when he was actually um, a far more attacking kind of player before we got hold of him that could be some truth in that Jose had a uh, a tendency didn't he to to you know put people into different positions and and, uh, and mold them to play there but um it is you know it, I, from from my perspective I'm quite happy with what I've seen at the moment I think the the comments about Cesc Fabregas are, are spot on um and it, there was always this thing um as I remember that Arsenal fans would always say he played for half a season even for them you know, it was sort of like, you know, he'd be good for half season and then pretty rubbish for the rest of the other half. Um, you know, and perhaps he's just had his two halves at the end of last season and the beginning of this one, which kind of makes a complete season. But, you know, over two seasons, we'll have got at least one season out of him, if that makes it. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like a balloon when you squeeze air from one end to the other. We've yeah. sort of fixed it. Yeah. We've, we've got him playing in the second half of the season. Indeed. But unfortunately, we took it out of the first half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, I just want to throw in one more thing, and I think mm. I'll just, just a couple of lines from each. I'll start with Donal. Um, bearing in mind, the uh, last few games have been um, without um, the you know without Zuma and John Terry, and um, uh, Cahill and um, Ivanovic have done a sterling job. I think Cahill made one tackle on... Saturday against, uh, and again it might have been on Outovich, which was just superb in the box, just before the yeah, trigger was, was pulled. Um, yeah. Uh, do we do we need John Terry? Bearing in mind all the hoo ha, the rumours, the counter rumours, he's going to sign. The new manager wants him. He's playing poker with the club and all this sort of stuff. Um, do we need John Terry? Donal. Um, set, setting aside all the, you know, the various. Uh, things being played out in the media. Um, it, I, I, I think if it depends what he's prepared to accept in terms of playing time. I think a, a person of his experience, you know, love him or, or loathe him, I think as a football player and as a person in a dressing room, as a team man, you know, if we've, I think we've all probably played team sports, there are people who you didn't necessarily like outside of the sport you were playing, but somehow as part of a team, you all got on. He seems to be a natural, you know, holder together of people. Um, And, you know, losing, losing that sort of experience about the place, um, you know, would be unfortunate if, if, if they can come to some sort of arrangement. I, I, I don't think, you know, for the, for next season, we can look at him as, as a sort of number one starting centre-back, um, depending on who's coming here. Because obviously, if you play John Terry, you are having to sort of play on the edge of the box to some extent, because he's he's not going to have the pace. I know you've got someone like Zuma playing with him, who has got pace, but you're, you're perhaps having to adjust your tactics these days. That said, you know, he is a marvellous uh, centre-back. He's got a lot of knowledge to pass on you know I, I don't I don't think he's necessarily passed his best in terms of we don't want him anymore but I think you know at a time where we need to, to start rebuilding the defence 
is he just sort of provided he wants to be around on those terms then that's fine I think if he wants to be there playing every week and getting upset if he doesn't then that 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 presents any manager with a problem doesn't it that's uh you know my sort of fence sitting type of a view and an excellent one it was as well I'm just putting the pot of creosote back in the garage for you yes yeah, so I was going to say I was about to do it, it does what it says wrong seal it does what it says on the tip <laughs> indeed um, uh, Mark your view do we oh, uh, you can you know you can spin this out like, but do we need JT bearing in mind recent performances and the way the back four has looked oh sorry I temporarily muted my mic so I could have a cough I've got to um... <laughs> Yeah, well, um, I mean, Donald obviously gave the brief answer, um, so I, I'd like to go into it in a bit more depth. <laughs> no, I'll, um, he's, I'll, had I'll, long, he's had a long uh, career. I didn't want yeah, to just I'm going to put the cat on. Yeah, um, I mean, I muted it because I didn't want you to hear the bath and me getting out and drying myself <laughs> off. <laughs> no, I, I, I'll, I agree entirely with what Donald said. I'll, I won't repeat it. I'll second that. Okay, <laughs> and Clayton, your view. I'm sorry, I've got images in my mind that I can't. I can't find. Um, uh, I someone passed yeah. me a knife. I need to. You're, you're, look, you're looking for the. Uh, you're looking for the mute button for your uh, mind. I'm looking. I'm looking for some <laughs> mind bleach. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> so, in answer to your, in answer oh, yeah. to your question, um, I think it's very difficult from the outside, and I think a lot of what we do with the podcasting and the blogging and what have you is it's all speculation we don't actually have a clue what goes on um so i i think it would be very sad to lose john terry as a, a chelsea person because he seems to be last man standing as far as that's concerned in in terms of the club um without sort of getting too misty eyed about it so i don't know whether what his influence is, all the things that you hear uh, from people who know is that it's good. Um, so I think to lose him from that perspective would be a shame. To lose him as a player, um, my view is that our defence needs a complete and utter rehaul. And if we are getting an Italian manager, um, then I suspect we're probably getting another couple of players in. So... From the playing side of things, I'd be sad if he wasn't there next year. Um, I agree with what you say about Gary Cahill, but Gary Cahill's had a three-month rest, so he's probably you know fit and raring to go. But he has played well, and 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 you can't deny that him and Branner have actually done all right. So, um, one thing I just want to mention on on the uh, the John Terry thing, which I actually think is quite sad if it's true, and I, I don't doubt that it is true, is. Um, Pat Nevin writes for the Chelsea website, and I have to be honest with you and say I never ever read his column. But I somebody posted it on Twitter and, and mentioned the fact that Pat, Pat Nevin was at the the London Standard Football Awards, and um, John Terry got a, some sort of lifetime achievement award. And apparently, when he went up to get his award, the, the, there was barely any applause, and it was all particularly muted. So. I thought that was quite sad, really. Um, I know it was it was the Bob, I think Bob Wilson's Willow Foundation, so obviously a lot of Arsenal people there. But I just, I didn't, you know, I I found that a little bit. Yeah. 
It's sad, it, really. It, it sounds quite churlish, doesn't it? Because generally, outside yeah. of the atmosphere, outside of the the the, 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 the cauldron of the, of the actual game, um, you know, there, there there tends to be a fair amount of goodwill to you know a, a player. Um, uh, a charity event or whatever, whoever they are, whatever club they come from. Yeah, I mean, yeah. um, I agree. So it does sound, um, you know, it does sound like quite a churlish thing. I have my own view on on, on the JT thing is, which is, um, you know, I I, I see, I, I agree with you. I think defensively we need an overall. I think what we've got at the moment has been better than what we've seen for a long time. I like a left back at left back. I like a right back at right back, and I like two centre backs. Um, playing at centre-back I think Cahill and Ivanovic and Ivanovic has probably reached that p- stage in his life where he can't play the right or left back because he will be you know, Arnautovic destroyed as Piliqueta he would have torn a new one I think on Ivan at the weekend um, and, and I really like that pairing and uh, for all the faults of Baba for example is 15 minutes of you know um uh, playing like a you know a baby giraffe and then pulling the shirt over his head when he made a mistake and then made one really really good tackle one really really good challenge down in front of us actually Clayton um, and yeah. it just oozed back into him and suddenly he's putting crosses in and he took a shot from uh, a distance which Butland you know um, it, uh, it just whizzed by the, the post or whatever mm. um, and he um, the, the point I think I was going to make and we'll, we'll come on to the youth in a minute or whatever um, he's, he, I've noticed in a few games Baba has this habit of pulling his shirt over his head you know, wanting the world to disappear and of course if he's ever going to be a top level footballer you need to stop that straight away and, and front it out if you've made a balls up um, but I, I always, I'm always a bit wary when you get Azpilicueta a natural right back who we bought as a right back playing at left back because he's always got to cut inside because you know, he's never on his right foot if you like as he, as he runs down the line and um, uh, uh, for me, um, I th- you know that overhaul and everything. I'd like us to shake John Terry's hand. I'd, uh, I'd have him for a season in the dressing room like we did with Drogba in that kind of presence. But I don't think he can remain and do that. I think he's, you know it's a bit like Frank Lampard didn't want to stay on or probably wouldn't have wanted to stay on and be on the bench. I can't see John Terry um, really putting up with that. I think. He, he kind of commands and possibly demands a level of responsibility and respect and being a starter. And I just think it's time now, possibly more than ever, to, 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 to say thanks very much, goodbye. Unless he is prepared to stay on and you know, do a Ryan Giggs, if you like, with the, the new manager. Um, uh, controversial, sorry, but uh, it's just my, my, my own views. Um, I want to move the conversation on a little bit, bearing in mind um, we've been at it 50 minutes and, and I didn't think we would be at 50 minutes, um, but it's moved on, uh, moved around nicely. Um, I just want to talk about the youth. I um, think I took up 48 of those. Quite <laughs> <well>. <laughs> I can't actually remember um, whether I put this in the agenda, but it was more along the lines of, um, and in the intro I sort of said about the kids are all right, um, and um, Meatloaf sort of countersing about we'll say two out of three ain't bad so we've we've seen some game time for three youngsters that have uh, um, uh, come up or come through or via the youth academy uh, in some route or another uh, Rubens Loftus-Cheek Bert, Bert, Bernard or even Bertrand Traore um, and young Kennedy um, and I just really wanted to sort of make a conversation <coughs> around comparing and contrasting from my perspective um, Traore for me has been 
almost revelationary. He's got a smile like Ramirez and Essien used to have. Um, they're playing, he's playing the game with a, a, a grin on his face. Um, and, he, you know, to coin an old-fashioned phrase, he, he appears to be playing with gay abandon. No fear. I'm out there. I'm going to do, you know, whatever it takes. Um, he's a little lightweight, I suppose, um, you know, to be a full-on Drogba-like centre-forward, but that may come with time. Or he may well be more suited to that kind of role that Anelka took um, in the last few seasons where he became a provider as well as an occasional goal scorer. Um, Kennedy... I think is another one. I, I'm not sure someone said it back. He looks a bit suspect at left back. I, I, I didn't see that myself. And when he's played at left back, um, uh, he, he's always impressed me with his energy. He's, he's another um, player who will take the ball forward and will go in for a tackle, etc. Um, uh, but I'm confused as to whether he's a utility player or just so damn talented that it barely matters where he plays. Um, and then finally, and this is they're, they're my two good, if you like, and the one that. Um, is looking more and more like a, a strange kind of enigma, and yet the one that everybody wants to come through, and I dare say the club probably want him to come through as well, desperately, is Rubens Loftus-Cheek. I thought on Saturday against Stoke, um, I have seen worse performances um, off the bench. Quadrado comes to mind. Um, and I'm not by any means saying that we should bin uh, Loftus-Cheek, Um but he looked dreadful on Saturday. Uh, just, uh, he's got an awkward gait, I think, as he runs anyway. But the, the amount of times he gave the ball away, he didn't track back. Uh, I'm not sure whether he's confused about where he should be playing, whether Goose is confused about where he should be playing, what his natural position is. But, quite, you know, I, I thought he had a bit of a shocker. Um, it's not what I want to see. I still think that you, you stick with them and you give them game time and they improve or they don't. But in his case, at the moment, he looks lost. And someone sort of said, I think we've mentioned it on this particular podcast or, or on the podding show before, um, you know, uh, my mate, one of my mates, Chelsea Bob, who I travel up with, you know, Jose destroyed him. Well, Jose's gone. So the day Jose went, if his confidence was gone, he should have been popping champagne corks up and going, hey, hey, you know, the Wicked Witch is dead. Now I'll show you what I can do. And I'm not seeing that. Thoughts? Anyone? Mark? Um... Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I'd compare Triori and Kennedy to Ruben Loftus-Cheek, because even though they're young, they haven't really come up through the youth system. As, I mean, as far as I'm aware, Ruben has been at Chelsea since he was about eight. Yes. So, so he is truly a youth product, whereas the other two are just young players who we bought in, and they may have played in the junior teams for a bit, but really, they've just been added to the squad, haven't they? Yeah, but they have they um, have played in the sort of under twenty ones yeah. or whatever. I can, I'm confused about how many under age teams we got, you know. But um, I mean, have, but Goose, yeah. if we're if we're going to call him that, um, who knows Goose? Goose knows more about the players than we do. So he's been willing to give Triore and Kennedy starts and a reasonable amount of game time, and he's chosen not to give Ruben Loftus Cheek much game time. And there must be a reason for that. He obviously doesn't think he's quite up to it yet. But I think he came on the, on the 75th minute against Stoke. And he's got 15 minutes to prove to Goose that he's worth a start. And it's only 15 minutes. And you'd really expect him to run his bollocks off during those 15 minutes. And I was bitterly disappointed with the fact that he could run forward, lose the ball, 
and then not be capable of running back. And what he'd do, he'd turn round and stand with his hands on his hips, waiting for someone else to fetch the ball and give it back to him so he can make another run forward and lose it. And I lost a lot of confidence in him in those 15 minutes to the point, really, where I think of him now as the next Josh McCreckran, mm. who um, got a good salary, bought himself a Range Rover Sport before he had his driving licence and let his girlfriend drive it and paid 10,000 quid a year in car insurance. <laughs> and I now think that Ruben, who has just been upped to 60 grand a week, good you know, just think about 60 grand a week. He's got good a new five-year contract, grief. 60 grand a week, which I think will destroy him. Yeah. That he is now, tonight, not out in the floodlights practising tracking back. He's on the Range Rover website specifying the colour of piping around his leather seats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seriously? No, I, that's what you do. Do you know what? I wish I'd thought of it. It's, funny, it's, funny, funny, <laughs> it's nice to get the cream with a contrasting blue. Absolutely. It does look nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, and um, oh, so uh, my conclusion, yeah. after Ruben Loftus-Cheek has sealed my thoughts on what we should do with the youth, which is basically nurture them up until they're 18, sell them all off for like um, four to ten million pounds, and then anyone that turns out good, two or three years later, pay the 50 million to get it back, and you'll still be quids in. We haven't got the time or the inclination to work out which one's going to nurture into something good and which ones aren't. Excellent. Um, I pretty much agree with everything you said there, even if we had a slightly different approach. Donal, your view? Um, I didn't see um, <coughs> uh, Saturday's game, so um, I, I've obviously become aware that there's some disillusionment with, uh, with the young man. Um, I saw him earlier on in the season. He seemed pretty decent um there seems to be a lot of comments around about his stamina but you know what is he 19 20 19 yeah yeah i'd i'd want to see him get a run of half a dozen games playing perhaps in the position that he's best suited to i think one of his problems is you know until ramirez went you had ramirez oscar uh mikel uh matic you know, all those sort of players vying for those either defensive or central attacking midfield places. Um, Troyore, I think people have spoken about him for several years as being a, a proper prospect. And what is it, four goals in five games would tend to suggest that yeah. that, that he is um, he is the real deal. Um, you know, I, in, a, in a way that I don't mean that he's going to come in and have a 20-goal season straight away, but... He would appear to be a player who, who has got potential and, and looks like he might, might fill it. Um, my comment about Kennedy earlier on was purely on that Norwich game. I'm not saying that he's yeah. not not. Um, although I, I do believe he is more of a, a sort of right mid, isn't he? He was filling. He can play fullback, but I don't think that's yeah. necessarily I've, I've more of a wing back. Yeah, I've seen him back four different positions back. this season, so I've no idea. I mean, you know, Baba gets a lot of stick, but I, I think he's looked to me, certainly in an attacking sense, as, as quite a, a fluid sort of a player. Um, again, someone, yeah, he's, he's made some mistakes. He's young. If you're gonna if you're gonna demand that that, that Chelsea play young players, then you're gonna have to stand 
with mm. the rickets they make. You can't just no. expect them to come in and not make mistakes. And of course, when you're talking about youth, we're also talking about Azuma. Azuma was having a successful season. Yeah, absolutely, so, yeah. You know, there's, you know, there are young players around the place. Um, certainly, Masonda appears to be tearing it up in Spain. You know, if you're doing well at somewhere like Betis, you would hope that he he'll get a, a shout fairly soon. Yeah. Um, Loftus Cheek. Uh, yeah. Let's wait and see. I, I do wonder, as Mark says, when you get so. I'm, I'm purely speculating now, obviously, because I didn't have conspicuous success as a young man and I haven't had conspicuous success as an old man I've never had conspicuous success and the rewards to go with it so I don't know what sort of uh, corrosive effect it would have on my soul but you know yeah perhaps the rewards come too quickly I don't know we'll Indeed. have to wait Clayton yeah. um, I'm interested in your take on this haven't you saw uh, you saw at least two of those on, on Saturday um uh, and uh, uh, you know we, we've all sort of had a say. I'm, I'm you know, interested in in your perspective. On, uh, I actually think players need time to develop, and they need to basically they need to make a balls up. Otherwise, you never learn anything. You know, if you don't make any mistakes, you've never really done anything. Um, your view? Um, I'll start with that because I got really, really angry on Saturday. Um, apart from sort of being bored stiff, I got angry because. When the game started, I think the first two or three times that um, Bertie got the ball, he lost the ball. It bounced off of him. He didn't do particularly well. And I could hear it, the moaning, the tutting. Oh, oh, gobbler. And I just, I said to my mates, you play young kids, they're going to make mistakes. You've got to allow them to make mistakes. And this is the best time to play them. We're not going to win the league. We're not going to go down. Great time to blood them. What happens? 25 minutes later, he spanks one in. One of the best goals we've seen at the bridge this season. You've got to let... You know, he's going to... He's going to screw up. He's going to do things badly. Kennedy, it's an interesting thing. Because I don't know... He's not a fullback. Um, but he does a right at fullback. When we're playing a team that are not going to attack him. So he did okay in the first half and apparently got injured in the second half at Norwich, so that's why he came off. But when he was being attacked, he was struggling. He, he's not a defender. I mean, that, that, that's, I think that's fair enough to say. But he looks like he could be a real, real player. Um, I agree with everything that Mark said about Reuven Lossacic. I was so disappointed. Um, that I know exactly the moment that Mark was talking about when he lost the ball and he just stood there and you thought, you're going to chase back in a minute, aren't you? And he didn't. And you mm. thought, that's not right. You've just lost the ball. I mean, however he was treated by Jose, Jose did actually say he doesn't work hard enough. And that 15 to 20 minutes was exactly that. He doesn't work hard enough. He put he put nothing into that. Now, I know you talk about the weight of expectation. Everybody loves a homegrown. Everybody loves him to do well. And he has had some some good moments this season. Saturday wasn't one of them. My only thing, the only thing I would say in this guy's defence, is where was he supposed to be playing? Where is his best position? Because from my understanding, I mean, I don't watch youth football and I don't, you know, I, I see the occasional game as we all do when we, we semi-final or final or the youth cup final. He seems to play deep 
And his strength seems to be, well, the fact that he is a huge guy, is that he can bring the ball from the back and create space and move forward. He is not a number 10. He is, to me, he's not a player. He just hasn't got the sort of, he doesn't seem to have the agility. I mean, for a young young man, it's a pretty strange thing to say. But he's a lump. He's a massive, massive guy. Um, but he just looks lost playing that further forward bit. I don't, you know, I, I thought, you know, when we played against MK Dons in the Cup, and I know it was only MK Dons, but he actually seemed to be playing slightly deeper, was making runs, created a, put through a lovely goal uh, for Oscar, lovely ball for Oscar. So, that, that's the only thing I'd say I, I, in his defence. But no, Mark was spot on. He was absolutely stunk the place out on Saturday. Bless mm. him. And, and we were, uh, you know, talking about it in the car on the way home, and I had a debate about it. And, and there was pretty much uniform agreement, which there never is in our car on the way home, um, along the, more or less those lines. And I, you know, I still say, you know, let's give him time. But we're too too quick with the trigger at Chelsea we've done it with so many players and, and often managers as well I guess but um, they're a bit more dispensable than, than someone you may have invested eight nine ten years of, of training into and uh, and often they you know they come to fruition in their early 20s and, and suddenly you see this blossoming player or as, as Mark said maybe like you know, John McHale at 28 29 or whatever suddenly he's at his peak you know he's always been okay he's always never let us down but you know now we're seeing someone who's confidence if you like as a player um, and reading of the game is much better so there's always time um, I thought some of the criticisms were a bit harsh but in general you know based on the 15 minutes and other ones I've seen I think he was okay against MK Dons but um, you know there is this almost remember Joe Cole when he first came to Chelsea you know he wouldn't track back and needed to be basically kicked back to go and run after the ball and and that was very very obvious. Um, I'm just I'm going to move on. Um, it was very interesting. Um, I just was going to. There's a few other subjects, but we're we're running you know on a little bit over time. So um, I just want to talk about this week. It's a make or break week uh, potentially. Um, it could be a make break week. It could be a break break week. It could be a make make week. Um, and um, I just really wanted to talk about um, uh, whether or not we had any predictions for um, tomorrow's game and Sunday's game. Um, and any thoughts on it? Um, I'll just stick my tuppence opening. I would like to see us play PSG tomorrow. Um, I can't. I'm going to the pictures. Um, I hadn't <laughs> realised. I hadn't realised when I booked it a fortnight ago. Um, I, I, I well, what films this then? I'm going to see Deadpool, um, uh, which will be no doubt quite enjoyable, etc. I mean, in a way, I'll be in sort of blissful ignorance until I come out of the about eleven o'clock and just quickly flip the phone on to see whether Twitter. Uh, um, because I'm quite good in cinemas, I will turn my phone off um, and give steely hard looks to anybody who dares to just check things on their phone whilst the film's going on. How much are the tickets for this film? Uh, I don't know, 12 quid each, I think. Like 12 that. quid. And, and is this film on only once? This no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, you know, I am, I am thinking of adopting a likely lads, record it, avoid everybody in the entire world... Um, and then come home and try and watch it um, when I get in. Um, that's my current thinking. I don't think I am that brave, uh, Mark, to be quite honest with you. But I would. All I was going to say was um, I would like. I would like. I mean, you know, we were. Do you want me to ring you tomorrow and say there's an emergency at work? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm afraid. I'm not going to fall for that one, mate. Um, I just 
would like to. I I I, I have a particular view. I would really like Goose. Um, we, as we remember, all robbed blind um, in that Barcelona match at Stamford Bridge. You know, because there are uh, some you know dreadful referee. But I would like to think we could come out tomorrow. Um, I think under Jose, we would have caution, played cautionary and then tried to hit them in the last fifteen minutes, or just caved in like we did last year. Um, but I'd like to see, think we could come out and adopt the the. The once seen once only Barcelona initiative from the year two thousand and five, I think it was, when we were three nil up within about thirty minutes, and they got a goal back and you know whatever. But we ended up winning four two because um, uh, old Percy Carvalho managed to bundle the defender across the line with the ball. I think at the end, um, uh, or so he, he, out the way, he moved he? the goal. He, he eased the goalkeeper somewhat yes. out of the way. Yeah, um, and I, I would like to think that PSG would be so shocked by that approach having you know, uh, you know the, their competitive edge with a 27 point lead barely having played anybody um, um, would, and also the cauldron of the stadium which you know on nights like tomorrow night would be like that night against Barcelona where the fans are right in the face creating that Galatasaray kind of atmosphere welcome to hell um, that's what I would like to think would happen I'm interested in your views I'm actually going to predict 1-1 which puts us out. For, for, for the older listener, you are, of course, channeling um, Dad's Army there, aren't you? Corporal Jones. Yes. Uh, cold steel, sir. They don't like Fuck it. Fuck it up, up for me. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was hearing in the background. <laughs> Touch a cold steel, sir. They don't like it. Up. Yes, thank you, Jones. Thank you, Jones. Fire um, away. Donald first, as you're, as you're, on, as you're on, the, on, the, on the chair as it is, mate. Um, I have no prediction to make. I, I have no idea how it's going to go. I think it's probably a tall order given the season we've, we're having. Um, can they pull something big out of the bag? I didn't see the first game, so I'm not quite sure where PSG are these days. Um, One of our best op- games. You were at the opera then, were you, Dan? <laughs> no, actually, strangely, I, I, I was at the <coughs> cinema. Um, that, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, of course, we, we've picked the keenest and most diehard fans for this podcast. <laughs> we have indeed. Oh, so sorry, Donald. Had you finished, Donald? So, I don't know. It's, it's, it's possibly it's possibly a need to nurture family life, you know, and all that <laughs> sort of stuff. But yeah, um, PSG. I haven't seen that. Of course, they're running away with the the league, but you know, it's 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 a winner take all sort of game. Mm. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I, listen, if 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 we go through, fine. If we go out, it, it's that sort of a season. I'm, you know, it, it's the season has got better already. Um, yes, to to get a run in the Champions League would be great, but you know, it, it's so hard to judge this season. Uh, and again, like with Everton on Saturday, who who knows? Um, we could go up there and do a job on them. We might just fall to bits. I don't really care. Is what is where I'm coming from. Is I, I just think my, my I have low expectation. I don't mean this in a negative way, but I all I wanted to do was just be convinced that the team wasn't quite as shite as it seemed. Mm. And and they're doing that. You know, they're they're playing better football. Players are coming back to form. You know, it's about just you know. Uh, it, it's not a phrase you hear much in, in football anymore, but uh, take every game as it comes, uh, I believe, is how I'm going to look at it. Mark? 
Yes, uh, you can't predict these games. I mean, all I can say is I'm optimistic. Well, no, not even optimistic. I'm hopeful. Mm. All I know is, um, you know, you said about 3-0 up like Barcelona. Obviously, we hope every game we're 3-0 up after 20 minutes. Mm. Um, but actually, if it turned out like that every game, we probably wouldn't bother going because it would just be a bit dull. No, tomorrow night is going to be unpredictable, apart from the fact it's going to be horribly stressful. Mm. Yes. As long as they don't seem to, as long as they don't seem to lose their way like they did last year, Which they didn't was... seem to know what to do. Yeah. If they go for it and they lose, fine. Well, at least we're. Well, I think we're better off being behind because last year we had a draw in Paris. Yeah. Yeah. The year before we were losing three-one, I think, wasn't it? And yep. we had no choice. So the fact we've got to go, we've got to be positive tomorrow, yep. means we're we're not going to be caught in two minds. You know, if, if they do, if they settle on a, a sort of counter-attacking game, fine, counter-attack, or if they decide to go all out, go all out, or whatever they do, <laughs> just not look quite so lost. It was the, the looking lost last year. Yeah. You know, when we lost to United under uh, Ancelotti, when we lost to Inter Milan, under, they had a go. There was something going on. You know, last year's was just, they, you know, an early indication perhaps that the team was losing its way. You know, as long as something positive happens, if they lose, they lose, but just go down with a bit of a fight, really. You know, that's... Clayton. Um, I have a theory about last year. Um, I'm not saying that we threw the game, um, but I don't think we went for it because I think they wanted to win the league last year and I thought that was more important to them and I think that's why we produced one of the most ineffectual go-nowhere performances in recent times. Anyway, that that's last year. I don't know. Um, I'm quite encouraged by the fact that both Verratti and Matuidi seems to be injury doubts, which probably means they'll both play. Um <laughs> <laughs> but if if those guys are they're as fit as a fiddle, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But if if either of those guys don't play, I think that helps us a lot. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think it is the mindset. I think you're quite right. The, the fact the fact that we have to go and win um, is is good because we can't defend. You know, there, there's no way they've got fantastic players up front. Um, I'm very encouraged by their defence. Um, much as I love David Luiz, he's not a good defender. Um, and we got through them quite a few times last, last uh, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and we should have scored more than we did. So I do think there's possibilities. Um, unfortunately, uh, as, as we've alluded to, our home form has been absolutely shite this year. Um, but one of our better performances was the, the game against Porto that we needed to win in the Champions League. I know Porto aren't as good as PSG, but... I don't know. It's so difficult to call, and and um, a bit like Donal. I mean, you know, if we don't win and we've given it a good go, then then so be it. I mean, I don't think. I mean, everybody's talking about the the 2012 spirit, where by some hook and crook we ended up winning the FA Cup and the Champions League. But that was a much better team than this, and and you have to think that Barcelona and Bayern Munich are much better than they were in 2012, or equal mm. to. And we're we're so far behind them that yeah. we're not going to win the Champions League it's, this year, sadly. Yeah, I mean it's interesting you say that. I had a, uh, a Twitter conversation with someone that certainly Mark knows, um, Michael Austin, um, and because um, I was saying actually, do you know what? I don't want. You know, I'm quite happy with tenth place. Really, um, don't want Europa League football next year. And it's a purely selfish thing. I don't want Thursday night kickoffs. I don't want lots of Sunday um, kickoffs and Monday Premier League games. Um, 
so it's nothing altruistic about it at all it's purely from a selfish point of view of getting to the game and and those particular days mean i can't have a beer because of work etc um but um i do want the fa cup uh, and yeah, that's that, that's the one I think, it, you know, if we've got a chance of winning anything, I think that's the biggest chance. I think at the moment meeting Barcelona or Bayern, you know, as you said, that, that 2012 team, as patchwork quilted as it was in that last final, had something there. The part of the original spine was still in place. Um, and I think as um, uh, Martin Tyler so brilliantly quoted on the night in his commentary, you know, they just don't know when to give in this lot. I'm not quite convinced. Well, I'm not convinced at all about that. So I've gone 1-1. And I've gone 1-1 as well because at home we've not kept a clean sheet um, for uh, what seems like a while now. Um, and um, it worries me that if they get a goal, we've got to get two. And then you're into all sorts of horrific scenarios. If we can bury them, we can bury them. On the Everton front, um, I'm, I'm burning with... Um, my dislike of Roberto Martinez. I hope the team are. Um, I thought his comments after our 3-3 draw at Stamford Bridge, irrespective of whether John Terry was offside or whether it came off his arse or whatever, were comments that any Chelsea manager would have been hauled up before the FA on, and he didn't get it. Um, and I've well, a, a manager that I used to have some respect for um, has just turned into a kind of moaning puppet um, Whinging, you know, your team 2 0 up with 15 minutes to go, you lose 3 2, and it's the referee's fault for you missing a penalty that would have put you 3 0 up. So, um, I, I think and I hope the team are burning with the same dislike of Roberto Martin as me and absolutely wipe Everton out on Sunday. How, how far do the European places go down? Six, isn't it? Just so, six in the FA Cup, six. isn't it? I think in the league. Well, how, I, isn't it well, Man, Man City? Won the 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 League Cup, so I, th- I think we lose that place, don't we? That that place goes. Yes, it may well do. It's yeah. not used. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's basically, I think it's the two places under fourth place, and then the FA Cup winners get the other one as well, don't yeah. they? Right. Well, if you look at the table as it currently stands, um, I, I don't see why, given that we are the most recent winners of of both European competitions in England and, and therefore should be giving someone else a, a crack at it um, that should we win the, the FA Cup um, we, we should perhaps donate it to the team in seventh currently, <laughs> currently Cur- Liverpool currently Liverpool, Liverpool yes yeah, yeah. Um, I mean we did have a conversation on the, on, the, on the fan cast last night that we are the only team that have ever gone into the Europa League and taken it seriously um, and it's always been quite something to be quite proud of that, you know, Chelsea, if, even back to Ken Bates' days, if you're in a competition, you're trying to win it. Um, I would hate to see that change. Um, but I don't like the idea of the Europa League for completely selfish reasons. I do like the idea of the FA Cup coming back to its um, uh, natural home of the last few years. I think it's been too long. We've had it out on loan too long and we need to get it back. Like one of our players, or several of our players, get back. If you think we won the the Europa League under Benitez, um, and what finer gesture we could call it the Benitez bequest or something, (laughs) couldn't we? (laughs) Hand over the Europa League place to um, to a club's possibly most favourite manager of all time. Yeah. uh, (laughs) After after Bill Shankly and Bob Paisley. Paisley, 
and ninety three other managers. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but yeah. The symmetry, That's, how lovely for them. Um, well, we've been rambling on a little bit now, um, so I've got to close it up now. We've got the usual parish notices um, for the listener. That's you, Lionel, in Copenhagen. Um, and um, there are several others that I do know of. Um, uh, that is if you want to hear more of this sort of stuff. There's a, a whole 73 other episodes available on um, uh, the poddingshow.com <laughs> website. Just Google it um, and you'll find it there. Um, it's also available on iTunes and um, for whatever reasons, um, you go in and give it some good ratings. Um, be warned if you are picking up on iTunes for the first time and thinking I'll play this at work. Sometimes it might be considered not safe for work. Um, and, and that's purely because um, I'm the one that can get a bit potty mouth from time to time. But not tonight. I don't recall actually swearing tonight. Um, there's also, I want a quick mention to um, a worthwhile organisation, which is the Chelsea Supporters Trust, of which I'm a proud member. Um, uh, it's a, a, fan, a representative fan group run by some very good, very committed people um, um, who have a regular dialogue with the club on all sorts of fan-related issues. Um, it's a fiver to join and be a voting member. Uh, you can get hold of them um, on the Twitter handle at Chelsea S Trust or via the Chelsea Supporters Trust.com. Um, and that's really all I've got to say. Um, gents, any final thoughts, AOB, anything you want to mention? <laughs> Um, I've got a quick one uh, for, for the younger listener. Um, you, you talked about putting in your tuppence hate worth or whatever it was, J- just so they understand pre-decimalisation, that was two and a half uh, old pennies, uh, which post-decimalisation was equivalent to something around one new P, I think, way back then, just so they can... Ah, you know, va- value yes. your contribution properly. Indeed, indeed, it was yes. something something less than a penny, is what he was putting in. <laughs> indeed, yes. Anything As opposed to the gold that people like Mark and I bring to this uh, conversation. <laughs> exactly. Anything from you, Mark? No, nothing from me, thank you. Okay, and Clayton, any final words? Um, I just I just wanted to um, endorse your comments about St. Martinez. I think if we win on Sunday, that will hasten his departure. I think he's become more and more unpopular with Everton supporters. Um, people that I know are just completely fed up with him. Um, he talks a good game and he's just turned into... It's always everybody else's fault. It's never actually anything that he's ever done wrong. Um, he's got a very good squad there and he should be doing a lot better. And I found it very amusing that after all the, the grief that he gave us uh, you know, about this, that and the other and the, the absolute hypocrisy about us trying to buy stones which was absolutely ridiculous. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because I'm obviously... I wish the thought we a bigger were, club would want to try to buy a player from a smaller club, you know. Yeah, yeah as opposed to Barnsley selling um, stones to Everton. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't like... I've, I've just... Yeah, I hope we... Do. I actually feel a lot more confident, strangely, um, about winning on Saturday than I do tomorrow. But um, there we go. I think we should one might it. depend on the other. If we lose tomorrow, how will we feel about Saturday? Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree. I, I think you know, the, the, I think that's one of the things about Saturday which was disappointing. It's the momentum that we supposedly built up stuttered a bit. So um, yeah. anyway, yeah. It, but I think it was probably worth mentioning for anybody who turns up at Goodison Park on Saturday. You probably want to go there Sunday for this game. 
um, because I think that's when it actually is. Um, unless, of course, you feel particularly what? good. Um, I, think I thought Saturday, it was Saturday, yeah, Saturday night. Saturday night? I thought it was I Sunday. Was I thought, because I was told that it meant... No, it no, meant, you haven't double-booked the no, cinema you're, again. You're going to the cinema, aren't you? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I, I was under the impression it was on Sunday because um, yeah, we were supposed to be playing Liverpool, weren't we, um, at the same time and I thought that had been rescheduled to Sunday. Yeah, it's definitely Saturday. Wrong. It's definitely Sunday, uh, is it? Okay. Although we are complaining, he wanted it Sunday, thinking we should have an extra day's rest, but it is Saturday. Oh, right. We are good enough. We are good enough to play Everton and Liverpool at the same time. And that's probably what Hazard was practicing for. Because if he was down one end of Stanley Park, he could bend the ball round and into the goal up the other end of Stanley Park. So that would put us one nil up against Everton while he was still down playing Liverpool at Anfield. <laughs> just, just a thought. And I've, can I give you one final question for everyone to ponder? This is your homework. Are Chelsea the team that has had most masked players on the pitch at any one time and wearing masks in any one season? And why do Chelsea elect to wear black masks oh, yes. when a clear plastic mask is readily available? as Harry Kane was sporting the other day. Just a question for you to ponder for next time. Indeed. No, I, I, th- I think you'll find that the team that wears the most masks is Queen's Park Lone Rangers. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> oh. And on that oh. comment, that's a straight red card there, I'm afraid there, um, <laughs> I will get my coat. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's, that is nearly as bad as the one I cracked last night on the on the fan cast, which I will not repeat again. Um, um, but... It, I thought it was a moment of glory. It did get some laughter, but uh, um, uh, thank you very much indeed. Um, uh, it's been very enjoyable. Um, we've run over, actually. I thought tonight we'd, we'd struggle to make an hour, and we've actually run over by about nearly 20 minutes, according to my counter. Um, so I'd just like to say... like Mark's bath. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> um, uh, I'd like to say thank you, um, first of all, to Mark. Thank you very much indeed Mark. for being here tonight and, and, and your input as well and, and making me nearly spit my drink out with laughter and giving me some images I'm not sure I will ever be fully able to erase. Um <laughs> And to you, I'll Donald. email him to you later. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> um, um, and to you, Donald, as well, um, for, 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 yes. for being available. Very and, enjoyable. And of course, to you, Clayton. Um, uh, like it or not, you've you've almost become a, a kind of regular, and I will always um, you're always more than welcome to come and join us when you're not fan casting, fed up, or or just um, you know uh, hiding away behind a settee somewhere because um, you know we might be playing live somewhere and you just can't bear to watch it. That's only if you like me. Um, so it's good night from me and a good night from all the chaps. Good night. Good night. Good night.